Hello everyone, welcome to Scott and Paul's Rambling Podcast. Hello. Uh, we're back with a feature-centric episode. It's been a while. The last one we did was also a, a three-episode uh, review. It was Ski Lodge, Room Service and Beware of Greeks. We've gotten through them and now we're... It feels like we've been on season five forever because we, we don't always get to talk about Frasier because we've had other things to talk about and also our schedule's kind of been all over the place. Yeah. Not, not to say it's a bad season, though. There's it's some good stuff as we covered in that last Frasier-centric episode. Yeah, yeah. But I, I would say this episode is definitely 50 This season is definitely 50-50 for me. Mm, I think in some ways I'd agree with you. Yeah, I think the first half is much better, I think, because uh, this is also the season with uh, the Frasier Crane Day episode, isn't it? Yeah, you got the one. Yeah, you got that. You got Lodge, Yeah, the first half I think is, uh, but I think a lot stronger episode wise. Because like you look at the three episodes we've got here, we're talking about episode seventeen, eighteen, and nineteen. I uh, we talked before this. We both really liked episode uh, eighteen, but I think seventeen and nineteen are episodes I could really take or leave. Yeah. And we'll we'll delve into why uh, just now as we'll start off with uh, episode seventeen titled "The Perfect Guy." And, and I, I will just quickly say that I mildly disagree with you, but I, I, I like this episode a little, you know. Yeah, I'm, I'm just giving my opinion. I could take or leave this episode. This, it feels, I feel like all three episodes are just basically different versions of a similar story, and that Frasier has something yeah. that he. So whatever the storyline is, it just annoys one of Frasier's many flaws, like he's pettiness or he's jealousy or something like that. Or just his morals or some his morals in some way are affected. Well, you see, let's let's delve into episode seventeen, the perfect guy. Yes, and uh, it starts in a very fancy, basically grocers, and you've got the being guy who runs the shop, Robert, uh, with nails. He's he's trying to make him guess like Jesus, I think it is by the taste. He goes, and yeah, he's like, like, hmm. Now for a difficult one. Firm. Velvety rind. Niles is like, firm, velvety rind, a bit smoky. Mmm, applewood, I think. Oi. <laughs> and then it comes Marley. This is what I get for sending you that sleepaway camp in France. <laughs> and then he's like, can I help you with something else, monsieur? Ah, uh, no, this six can, this six dollar can of dog food, I think it was enough. God, he's me, it's just saved my... I have to leave my shopping to the last minute again. I believe it's Rib Blucon. I'm not really good at pronouncing shit like that, but that's what he says. Oh, you are good. Oh, uh, yeah, he's a regular cheese whiz. Anyway, and I'll take a half a yeah, pound. Of, like, I'll take a half pound of the Rib Blucon and a half pound of the St. Andre. He goes, I know I ask this every week, but is it here? Is what here? Oh, I think you know very well. I mean, the imported Swiss prosciutto. And I don't know how to pronounce it. I'm sorry, this. if only you had been here one hour ago. Damn, you would have seen it arrive. Oh, oh, you have, I have my fun with you. Oh, Robert, you make me long for the days where you barely spoke English. I'll take a pound. (laughs) (laughs) Slice, slice like the wind. (laughs) And then you've got Martin basically going around and basically criticising how expensive everything is. And he's going to, look at the salami, $18 a pound. It's good, but it's not that good. That is cured sausage, monsieur. It's a steal at that price. Oh, you're telling me. And uh, whenever Martin says something that he thinks will annoy Robert, uh, Niles keeps trying to distract him, like, no, slice, slice, because he's saying, like, 
I like going here. My dad's not going to ruin it for me. Yeah, and he's like, you know, you could wait outside, that'd be fine. <laughs> he goes, if you want me to leave, just tell me. And he basically tells him to leave, and then when Martin basically storms off, because like, he's made jokes about the extra virgin, you know, the olive oil, and he, he goes, like, come on, Niles, we don't need him, or he's fancy. Or he's fancy groceries. He wants us to leave yeah. from his store. And then Niles pretends to be outraged as he's, after he's done, he goes, I will not be purchased. I don't have to stand here and get my groceries from people who insult my father. Home delivery, yeah, if you nobody would. Nobody speaks like that. Nobody. Those are us, too. <laughs> <laughs> and then he just storms off, and then you've got the TKSL where uh, Fraser is talking to a woman called Sharon about a, a photo shoot, and he says he doesn't want to wear makeup. And then they get into this yeah. kind of awkward exchange about makeup where he, he says he looks good without it, and he goes, Oh, I think you look good with makeup. Not that you need makeup. And. He's kind of stumbling over his words. And uh, she asks him, he thinks he's asking her about advice when she asks about co-workers going out. And then he goes, I think, oh, you know, the studies have said they can lead to many. And then suddenly it's like, she's basically in her own way asking him. It was wonderful possibilities. <laughs> and so she asks him out on a date on Friday. And then he's all full of uh, optimism when he goes into the into the booth where he meets yeah. uh, Dr. Clint Webber. Yeah, he, when he meets Dr. Clint Webber. Yes, the aforementioned perfect guy, as we'll uh, find out later on. Yeah, he's he's a new a newly hired station celebrity who's been hired to do a show on health issues of some kind. Yeah, the show is called uh, Health Watch. Obviously, he's more of a medical side rather than psychiatry kind of show. And he yeah. says like, "Oh, well, you were making change. Welcome, James, for the guy who had your last who last had your time slot, Bert, the backyard gardener." Okay, whose who's, uh, his garden gave a new meaning to the term potting, potting shed. <laughs> and then Rose comes in, she barely looks at Fraser, she seems enough of it, something, and then she, uh, when she meets uh, Dr. Weber for the first time, <laughs> please describe, describe her I, reaction, Paul. Oh, yeah, she's like, she's about to take the back, and she's like, hi, and he's like, oh, it's great to meet you, and she's like, so you're new, and he's like, yes, and a doctor, that's right, and then she's like, she likes uh, like a mental giggle. <laughs> yeah, we've talked about before about her, like Rosie's kind of throaty laugh, and that's what she kind of does because she's just so awkward. And then Doctor Weber kind of seems like okay, and he quickly leaves. <laughs> he's like, I'm going to go and get that station tour. He's like, yeah. Okay, and she's like, Oh Christ, could I have been any more insane? He, okay, go for it. He goes, Not without a set of buck teeth. And he, you know, I can't work with someone that handsome. No offense. Oh, he's like, oh, great. Like, when it comes to looks, I'm gr- I know we're not in the same she's like, species. He's like, I was going to say league, but species is a lot more insulting. <laughs> and then in comes uh, Bulldog and Gil, who they don't like him either. They're like, this stinks. This is the best. All chicks are going nuts over this new Weber guy. I'm supposed to be only six of them around here. <laughs> and then, yeah. then Gil's like, yeah, he's like, up his he's like, come on, take your best shot. And then Ross go from him and he's like, no, no, not you. I met one of them, uh, and then Gil, this is like, it's probably my favourite moment of the whole episode, Gil was like, I didn't really notice he was that handsome. And everyone just stares yeah. and like, you? Like, you didn't notice? You of all people? What, what are you, what is that supposed to mean, me of all people? He's like, well, but you're a little, you know. For your information. He's like, your information, I happen to be a happily married man. And they're like, you're married to a woman? <laughs> of course to <laughs> of course a woman. To a woman. I'm sure you all heard me oh, mention. Heard me mention Deb. 
I thought that was your cat. She is not a cat. <laughs> she is Mr. Gilbert Ledley Chesterton of Sarah Lauder's graduate. Now in a very successful auto body repair shop. Honestly, the conclusions people make just that the man dresses well and knows how to use a pastry bag. Well, it's the first time I've ever seen a man in himself. <laughs> uh, I, I do like that one. <laughs> oh. I, have to, I have to agree with you. That's probably one of my favourite bits in the episode. It's definitely one of my favourite Gil moments. You know that up will get that and the uh, the moment the Christmas episode we've talked about before. I think it's next season's one. Where it's a, this is my last little man. I promise. Oh, Gil, who oh, are you? Gil, ki- who are you kidding? No one, Gil. <laughs> I do love I like the one in uh, season uh, season eleven episode where they're trying to diet as well. Mm-hmm. And he's like, "Can he get seeds? We all get seeds." <laughs> uh, I do love being salty. He's like, you should have mentioned my Deb. How many times have I said I must be running along now? Deb will be waiting. And then we just quickly snaps back at Rose. We thought it was your cat. She is not a cat. <laughs> oh, it's a fantastic bit. <laughs> but then we've, yeah, we cut back to Nervosa and Nails and Martin are there and Eddie's looking very sad and like, I can't know, Eddie's looking a bit glum. Oh yeah, he's mad at me. You gave him a cat of that dog food stuff in your fancy gourmet place the other day. Well, he didn't like it. He no, he like loves it. it. Now he wants anything else. You... Yeah, he's like, he even turns Nova's up in a kosher pickle and he loves those. And I called everywhere and Frenchie's the only one who carries the stuff. Because they're apologizing. I'm not apologizing. <laughs> you know, if he doesn't... No, if he doesn't... This carries on. There is a method called sleep feeding and calls a cough dropper and a high fructose protein shake. Isn't that dangerous? Worked on theirs. <laughs> <laughs> and then in comes Fraser and his uh, cheeks are looking quite red uh, yeah, yeah it looks like he's got a rash of some horrible kind on his face and he, he says that he gave in to I gave in to vanity because everyone else was wearing makeup for the publicity photos and I had a, a bad reaction you know and he does the whole like Icarus flying too close to the sun I paid the price <laughs> and uh, at that moment he doesn't realise that Dr. Weber is in the background up at the counter and Niles and Martin and everybody are staring at him like Wow. And Martin's like, wow. And he's like, thank you, Dad. I don't like to go to mythology too often, but I'm spot on. No, I mean, that guy is so handsome. <laughs> oh, I thought I mean, like, and Fraser just gets annoyed and, like, Rose tries to say, oh, he's just yells, like, I'm not jealous and all that. And then he tries to, uh, you know, people, some people think that, oh, being good luck is just a blessing, but actually robs you of developing other, other qualities. And he goes on this long thing about how it's actually a bad thing to be a good looking and then. It has a similar thing with yeah, Martin. Like, another um, one of his mythology books. And Martin's like, amazing. Thank you, Dad. I, I really like that one myself. That guy could be a movie star. That guy could be a movie star. Well, before we further dive into the episode, yeah, we should... Like, All right, Rose, don't we have work to do? <laughs> and uh, Martin and Eddie, Eddie leave. And, <laughs> and Martin goes, then you go too. Like Zeus hurling up Mount Vesuvius. <laughs> All right, then. Uh <laughs> 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 Before we continue, Paul, I think given he's only a, he's a one-off uh, character and we do talk about uh, some of these characters in terms of like, ones we like and that, what are your overall thoughts on, on Dr. Weber? You know, I, I, I think he's a very likeable guy. I mean, I can get why Fraser would be jealous of him because he a, he's, a, he's a very striking man. You know, he's very handsome. Yeah, I think it's a you case, because like, he keeps revealing all these things that he's good at which further annoys uh, Fraser. But he doesn't do them yeah. in a a show off way or look at all these things I can do. He just happens to casually mention it and 
seemingly yeah he's not in t- he's not being malicious about it he's seemingly nice but just happens to be talented in these various areas and then annoys uh, for just how much everybody's impressed by him yeah it's more of a reflection on Fraser's Fraser's sort of insecurity and like sort of self vanity kind of thing you know what I mean mm, I mean there's a, a bit with them Fraser always seems like he's striving to be less or to achieve less or to have done or met blah 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 and this guy's just like oh well I did this thing mm-hmm. and I this, like, this happens and blah, blah, blah. I don't want to go on a speech about him because I know we still have bits to cover, but yeah, he is very laid back, but very successful and very, very handsome guy. Yeah. By the, by the sound of him, very intelligent, much like Frazier as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I get what you're meaning. And Frazier, for the most part, is seemingly trying to be friends with him. And like it's only up until we get to a bit where we're going to get to later on in the booth where... Fraser no longer is able to see past that and just like just feels like I can't I can't be doing with this guy. Yeah. But then they they leave and then Doctor Weber comes over and goes, "Oh, may I join you?" And then Fraser goes, "Say, oh, we're working." But then Rod basically kicks a chair out of him like, "We'd love you too." <laughs> and then they're chatting and uh, they talk about schools they went to and he says he went to Harvard and went, "Oh, I would love to have gone to Harvard." He goes, "Oh, I'm sure the school you went to is just as good." Well, I went to Oxford. Or even better. Mm. And then he talked about how uh, he also took a year off to get his master in French history, and then he also speaks about yeah. the French, and that obviously makes Ros go mental. And then, <laughs> and Reader uh, was, oh, well, I too, I do too. Understand the importance of taking some time off for medical school. I spent the summer in Milan studying the history of opera, and then he claims to know. Uh, uh, Carreras. Carreras, uh, opera singer was Jose Carreras. Oh, forgive me for name dropping. He's my godfather. My godfather. And then Fraser, joking. Love Fraser's like high pitch, like, you're joking. Like, oh, for God's sake. He's like, he's like, he's like, I'll call him tonight. You would be delighted to hear him working with you. And he's like, I'll be interested to see if he remembers that game we played where we pretend not to know each other. <laughs> and then uh, Rod kind of gives Fraser a look at it to say, like, uh, yeah, you're not jealous at all, are you? Uh, you're just sitting there making bullshit up. Mm-hmm. And then uh, Lever keeps like acknowledging the rash. He goes, "No, I, I really, that's really concerned me. I'll go to the car and get his medical kit." And then he goes out, and Roz is just again fate falling over him. And like, uh, "Yeah, I admit he's handsome, but does that mean he can stop traffic?" And at that exact moment, yeah. you hear a car screech. <laughs> 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 oh, I do love that. Bit. Yeah, and he's like, "That's a blind corner, Lever. We don't know that was him." <laughs> and then uh, he goes, so it cuts to those two come into KCLS, and the next day uh, they've been at squash. And he goes, "How was your game?" Oh well, Doctor Weber neglected to mention he was squash champion back in college. I'm sorry. Oh no, it was a lovely morning. And then they talk about how they went to breakfast, and was we arrived at the at Renee, and the chef cut himself because it not only treated the wound but it made us all full plus egg white and truffle omelette. And uh, Rose, uh, Clint goes, I did put myself in medical school as a sous chef, and Rose goes, I want to pinch you Sunday, make sure you're real. He's real. And Frazier kind of just pushes out of the way. And Frazier, uh, when Clint uh, excuses himself for a second from the, the booth, Frazier tells Rose he's going to have him on the show to help like introduce him to the listeners and like promote yeah. his show coming up. And Rose would be like, you know, also, we should mention Rose is also heavily pregnant at this point. She's jumping on a large Hershey's bar during this bit. Yeah. <laughs> which, I, which I love the fact that that's not even acknowledged just casually. Rose is there with a massive bar of chocolate. 
don't, I don't know if it's in this episode or one of the other two we're going to cover. Mm-hmm. Did you notice the basketball and the waste, the paper tray next to our desk? I don't believe I noticed that. Why? Uh, I just it's just one of those things that you notice. You talk about the chocolate bar. I noticed the basketball. All right, it's one. Of, must be one of those little things. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, basically, so Ross is there, and basically, like, uh, you're you're right, Pug and Clint. I know you have to. Ross basically is like, oh, I'm having a lot of trouble in like believing this buddy buddy act between you two, and really uh, like hard me some people may think that I'm raging with jealousy. I actually like Clinton goes and mentioned that he's even throwing a party for him to kind of welcome and he's inviting people from the station and everything at his apartment. And then we're yeah. just trying to uh, show off, like saying like, well, this guy's good all things, but he's probably never done radio before. I can be, I can yeah. now show him the ropes. And I goes like, it's always on, you know, I know if you're like me, you'll spend your first few weeks trying to figure out what all these buttons do. Actually, in college, I ran the radio station. Did you? <laughs> oh, oh. This is probably a bit more sophisticated than your, what you're still like here. We have the cough button. Uh, I believe that's the echo button. Oh, of course it is. And he's like, all oh, my listeners know about my trademark echoing call. <laughs> <laughs> and he just awkwardly laughed and he goes like, let's take our first call. And uh, there's a woman talking about how she can't get out of bed in the morning. Every very yeah, Marie. she's like feeling sluggish and shit all day. Mm-hmm. And then uh, Fijer goes on this deep analytical thing about like, what are you retreating from? It's kind of like, not being able to get a bed, like our, our need to retreat to the womb, like you need to figure out what is in your life you're retreating from. And you recommend yeah. some therapy to further delve into what our issues may be. And then Clint, like I said, this is what I said here about like he's not trying to upstage anybody or trying to show off, but he's yeah, just he's giving not his. Trying to step on anyone's yeah, he's just basically giving his opinion. Like he's. Because he starts out by complimenting what Fraser said. He goes, you know, if it was me, I would have thought this. and... He said, oh, I thought she was just a, hypo, a bit hypoglycemic and maybe need some protein in the morning. And, yeah, and then she's like, well, I had eggs the other day and I felt great. You know, and then she's like, you fucking scared me, Dr. Crane. <laughs> like, you really scared me there, Dr. Crane. Like, as if it's his fault. But then again, yeah. it's really not It's really not responsible, though, to just assume, oh, by the way, it's protein. That's the thing, because, like, you said, because on that one day you had eggs and you felt better does not necessarily mean that Clint's right either. Yeah, that could just be a coincidence. I think the woman's just like, hmm, just have some eggs in the morning or have to pay money for therapy. I'll go with that guy's idea first. Yeah, I'll go with the eggs. That'll be fine. That'll be fine. And uh, basically, Fraser kind of just rushes Weber like, out as they cut to commercial. Like, well, let's say goodbye to Dr. Weber and really goes, I'll see you tonight at the party and all that. And then Fraser just pisses me button to talk to Roz in the booth. I hate him. <laughs> it's the way he says it, dude. It's like, I hate him. <laughs> like, I can't beat him or anything. Uh, so then we've got Martin back to the, the tail of the dog food where Martin goes to the and say like Rosers and he's happy that, that Robert guy isn't there so he doesn't have to face him. Uh, he's there with yeah. Daphne this time and he's trying to like buy that dog food so Eddie will actually eat something. And, uh, if, I, if I might add, the typical Martin thing, like, doesn't want him to admit when he's wrong, so he tries to avoid the apology. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, Daphne sees a packet of biscuits, the remainder of stuff she used to have back home, goes, oh, lemon biscuits, oh, these bring back memories, and then he asks the guy behind the counter, do you have uh, these, the raspberry ones? And he goes, no, we can come back for those. Uh, I'm not sure, Robert, oh, God. 
and then he comes out and he goes, well, look who's come back. <laughs> all right, and then he's like, what do I owe you? And he goes, I think we both know what you owe me. And he's like, all right, I'm sorry, I'm sorry I made fun of your, your story. You're going to let me off with it? And he's like, all right, I don't like to lose a customer anyway. And he goes, well, I may as well take a few cases. He goes, and then he goes, well, my assistant can show you some new flavors we've got. And so he's, he goes oh, off. that's cool. And then Daphne basically finds herself in the same situation that Martin was in earlier, where she basically looks at the price and they're like, oh, I think he's a mismarked. No, that's correct. Fourteen ninety five for a packet that small? Oh, I see you have another member of the price club. <laughs> and uh, he goes, if you, I mean, you can get them back home for ATP where I come from. Well, if you can't afford them, so I had to fly them over. Oh, what do you do? Buy them a seat in the Concorde? <laughs> and he's like, if you cannot afford them, put them out. I can afford them, I just don't like to be... This is robbery. Robert. No one calls me a robber. Robert? Not Robert. now. <laughs> <laughs> nah, I think it's the cleverest joke in the episode. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because of the way he says that. No one he... calls me a Robert. Robert? Not now. And the fact that he, <laughs> the fact that he acknowledges the, the indifference and then he, he's just shouting out like, Not now. You're making, I'm trying to make a point here. Yeah, yeah, but when, when he's like, you know what, on your way you'll see a sign saying, please come back in, disregard it. <laughs> this, and then in comes man and goes, oh, I'll take a case of each, you'll take nothing. And then uh, basically he's now... Martin's, Martin's like, come on, look at Tarragon flavour now. <laughs> and then what about Eddie? Oh, he'll eat when he's hungry, I've heard him say he drinks out of the toilet bowl. And I do love... You know like, when he gets in a movie, everybody's got to suffer for Daphne. I know what I was gonna say. Well, I love. I was gonna say. I know Martin didn't hear Niles kind of asking for home delivery, but I don't know why Martin couldn't have done the same thing. Yeah. But like, I just love how basically Martin basically forced Niles to leave when he was angry with the guy, and now he's now found himself in the same position Niles was in. Yeah. Mhm. A little bit of karma there. Yeah, and then again another example of like Clint kind of on a not intentionally kind of staging Fraser when he's, he's hanging out and they're t- he's standing in front of people at the party telling the end of a story and you just hear the end of the anecdote and he's like and he says to the actor I'm here at the rear of the house wishing you were here and everybody laughs and he goes sorry Fraser I believe that's the story you were, that you were trying to tell he goes yes thank you for helping yeah, out like, thanks for helping mm-hmm. so also Fraser was telling us the way but telling it wrong or something like that so yeah. Clint thought you said during the Kate Costas episode. What? Well, he kept misquoting people during the Kate Costas season three episode, if you remember. Oh yeah. Uh, this was a bit where then um, was a bit builder comes out and goes, you know, go ahead, you great way welcome the new guy, and then feels like that you didn't like Clint. Oh well, I got over that because I figured you can't have every chip. So if we pal around, I get a bag of leftovers. Oh yes. Uh- you're a regular bus boy over a man's bulldog. <laughs> and uh, Niles comes in and he goes, oh, how's the party going? Well, let's see. Couldn't tell us about the time you learned to fly a plane, recited a sonnet. Oh, yes, and he fixed the ice machine while inventing a new drink called the Pink Weather. I've got Daphne drawing a bath in case the party gets to lag, we can invite him to walk on water. Lighten things up a bit. <laughs> no, it makes like, like, me feel crazy. At some point, we have to run into someone who's our superior. Well, I've never dealt with this sort of thing, and Niles kind of looks at him like, seriously? Like, yeah, well, I can see how it might be a bit confusing to you as my younger brother, you've dealt with this thing all your life. Oh, well, 
You probably want to in the egomania apartment. <laughs> department. Yeah. He's like... Wait, I'll be silly about this. Yeah, he's like... I, I do like the... Now he's looking like, oh, come on, this can't be the first time you've seen someone who's better than you at stuff, and then it's, and it's like, oh, well, you're younger, brother, you're used to it. And it does, again, speak to phase of the ego, as we've been discussing. And then he was like, I'm sure there'll be something that you're better than him at. And then he takes a sip of that pink Weber drink. He's like, but it won't be at the bar. My God, it's heaven in a glass. And the Fraser goes over to Clinton and says, oh, I was marrying this chessboard. Do you play? He goes, he goes no, I've read a book or two. And you're in the middle of a match. And he goes, yes, I'm, in fact, I'm playing with a mus- by mail with a Russian grandmaster. It's quite challenging. And then he goes, like, well, I like this uh, attack you're doing. Like, you're actually four moves away from victory. And Fraser kind of looks a bit annoyed. You think, oh, why would he be annoyed? Because uh, uh, it seems like Clint's right home goes, well, that would be good news. Because I'm playing black. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Funny eight months. <laughs> uh, and then up comes uh, that Sharon. I almost forgot about her, her character. And basically they talk about their date on Friday and then he Fraser tries to be nice, didn't speak uh, Mandarin to her, and yeah. she laughs and goes, oh, what have I done? He goes, you just told me I'm lovely as a chicken beak. <laughs> oh, and then he tries to say it again, but it still gets wrong. And again, it shows how oblivious uh, Clint is. He, he comes up and goes, who's as lovely as a chicken beak? <laughs> and then she's like, you speak Mandarin? And then they start, like, talking in Mandarin. Which is annoying, which I'm, I'm annoyed that they don't, like, the, the DVD when the subtitles on don't provide translation for what they're saying because I've noticed with some DVDs when you're watching them they'll come up, the subtitles will show you what they're saying in English like if they're speaking a foreign language but sometimes yeah. if you see a character who speaks French in a film it comes, the subtitles will just come up speaks French like well two things here, one I know they're speaking French, I want to know what they're saying in French and two, I do love the fact that subtitles yeah, yeah. are mostly there to help like deaf people follow what's going on how the hell is a deaf person meant to know what French sounds like? Yeah, I have a, I have a documentary film of that ilk. Mm-hmm. And it's subtitled, right, for the most part, but see certain sections of it. It's in German, but there's no subtitles, so you're kind of just... You know sometimes you're kind of listening to an accent or a language and you're doing your best to try and pick something out of it that you, rec- you recognise, you know? Mm-hmm. You're like, I think I got that bit. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what was the documentary? It was about the new wave sort of operatic rock singer Klaus Nomi. Ah. It was called the Nomi Song. Mm. It was about the life and, well, the short life and unfortunate passing of the man before his time. Ah, very well. Interesting. Uh, so I would strongly recommend it if you like music documentaries. Yeah. You know? Well, that's it. I definitely see that with them. That's up your alley. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So Fraser, at this point, I think he's going to say, like, you know, what, I'm accepting defeat. You no, know, this guy is just better than me. And yeah, he's he just like the party, Fraser, and he's like, ah, oh, it's cool. Don't worry about it. And he's kind of sulking in the uh, the kitchen. And he goes to walk away, and he hears, uh, oh, I love this song," because he hears like. Some guy playing a song on the piano, uh, songs uh, isn't it romantic? And then he hears Clint singing as he leaves the kitchen, and then he realizes like he can't sing, and then he just that Cheshire cat like going like yes, something he's bad at. Yeah, 
<laughs> he's like, I can pounce on this. And then he comes back in, kind of all smiling, and uh, comes like, oh, I'm sorry, I was saying too loud. Oh, no, not at all. I, I can't tell you how much I enjoy hearing it. <laughs> and uh, Clint's like, oh, you know, it doesn't take much coke. Careful, it doesn't take much coaxing to get me to sing. He goes, really? Uh, he goes, yeah, but we're all family. I'll get one more, a couple more drinks than me, and I'll be serenading the whole room. Really? And he goes, you know, what? What'd you say? He's like, oh, about the old hand in me, you know. Mm-hmm. Hey, he's like, you know, what would be if I got to sing in front of your guests? I think I could spread the piano player to play it again. And then uh, when Clint <laughs> goes over to the piano guy, he goes over to him and like, Naz, I found his Achilles heel. Who's? Clint. <laughs> I heard him singing. He's tone deaf. And he's about to humiliate himself. He's yeah, singing a rendition of Isn't There a that will peel the enamel from your teeth. <laughs> he's like, you should him do it. You know, like, well, you you know he's a bad singer. You know, like, shouldn't that just be good enough for you? Do you really need to let the guy humiliate himself? And Niles is playing, yes. like, the moral high ground and helping Fraser, like, you know, be the bigger person. And then Niles' own insecurities come in as uh, Daphne comes up and goes, oh, that Clint Webber, he's quite a character. You know, if he's single, I was just getting up the nerve to give him my phone number. And Niles is like, oh, God. And uh, Clint goes... When Clint goes in and he's going to sing for everybody, he goes, Clint, there's been a change of plans. Yes, I'm going to be your accompanist now. <laughs> and Niles does the, the typical Niles, like, run up to the piano and basically shoves the piano player out the way. It's like, ah, I can you know, why, try and charm up Daphne. I'll make you humiliate yourself, you bastards. Yeah. <laughs> and then, uh, so then he gets he's something. He's like, don't worry, nobody's perfect. Yeah, so he gets... Up and then uh, everybody, it's a slow thing, everybody kind of like, oh, this guy's, this guy sucks. And then Fraser's like, oh, don't work. Here, come down, everyone. Nobody's perfect. And then he just walks away and feels all smugly himself. Yeah. Uh, and then the credits I really enjoy because you've got Martin outside that shop uh, with a newspaper over right. his face. Like a dog food for him. Ah, uh, he's got the dog, he's got paper over his face and uh, a, a the guy comes out and he basically pays him. He basically paid a guy to go in and get the dog food for him. And he gives the guy the money. And the guy kind of shakes his head because he's like, this, guy, this stuff is expensive. Come on, I need more than that. And then Martin, yeah. and then Martin just all happily walks away with the dog food. Now the Eddie will finally eat something. Yeah. And that was The Perfect Guy, episode 17. Well, overall thoughts before your rating? I would... I, w- I think it's a very... I think it's a very fun episode, if I'm honest. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I don't have any negative for this episode. Yeah, I enjoy, like, the uh, the, wee, the thing with Martin and the dog food's this fun wee, like, side uh, part of the episode. Uh, the uh, thing with Clint, yeah, Clint's a decent, like, one-off ep- uh, character, and, like I said, he's not, like, intentionally being a dick, it's just, like, again... Further playing on Fraser's kind of insecurities. Yeah, he's just—he's very—he's a very simple and well-meaning. Kid. Well, I don't mean—I I would think socially simple. You know what I mean? He, he doesn't mean to step on any toes, Clint Webber. He's just that guy, you know. Mm-hmm. And like you say, Fraser can't hack it, and then we'll uh-huh. see what happens when he starts to sing. <laughs> uh, uh, even then, Fraser's a decent singer. I don't think Fraser's the greatest singer. I think it's just the fact that he knows that he's better than him, at least. Yeah. 
and I'll, I'll be honest, all throughout this episode, I absolutely loved Roz in it. <laughs> like, see, every time she was talking to him, she was, like, giggling like a twat. Mm-hmm. Uh, and me laughing every time. Oh, there's a and bit... Oh. Oh, yeah, Gil, uh, he's one of those things where, like, you have a character who has only a small part in it, but they still make their... Uh, make it count with, like, what they... the lines they give, and there's a bit with Roz yeah. we forgot to mention... Yeah. There's a, a bit with Roz. <laughs> Sorry, there you go. Oh, the bit where like, she's not a cat. Well, with regards to Roz, there's something I forgot to mention. You're talking about the laugh uh, when Clint goes before, like, Clint sits down with him at the, the cafe, he comes over to him and he says hi, and he uh, goes, You remember Roz? And then she does the laugh again, and uh, Fraser goes, Who could forget that? And fix just laugh. <laughs> We'll move, uh, what's your rating for this episode then? If you are you giving us a thumbs up then? Yeah. Yeah. I think I think so. I think I'll give it a well because there's nothing outwardly that I have a an issue with, even though I think we've seen some more storylines in Vert Garden Free Journeys and Securities in other episodes. I still don't think yeah, there's like storylines that have that kind of theme to it, but it's very well delivered, I think. Yeah, it's very well delivered. I mean the the bit with Ro- bits with Robert as well, he's a fun side character. And yeah. so, like, even though it's like not one of the, I wouldn't I'd never really say this is one of the all-time like great episodes. It's still like an episode that I'd enjoy if I, if it was on, and I can't yeah. really find anywhere, I can't find any necessarily glaring issues with it. You know, you know. Interestingly, that's only one of two times you see Robert in the entire run of the show. I didn't realize he was back when else does he appear? I can't remember exactly, but he's back later in it. Well, is this the, the caviar episode? Yeah, yeah, it's a caviar episode. Mm-hmm. You know when they're trying to buy it in the shop and he's like, it costs that, that much to you, no, but to the fish who gave her life so you can put our babies on a cracker? Yes. <laughs> but, but anyway, so we're both giving this a thumbs up. We'll move on to episode uh, 18. Uh, bad dog, uh, bulldog taking a uh, big part in this episode which uh, it's yeah. weird because like, I think as you get into the later seasons especially Bulldog isn't as big a character for some reason so it's nice to get these kind of episodes yeah I think that was what to do with that Dan Butler himself does a lot of movie work as well mm-hmm. you know yeah he always pops up in a small part doesn't he though yeah he's, he's in uh, he's in Silence of the Lambs oh yeah I forgot about that uh, I believe he's also in Enemy of the State as well mm. with Will Smith and Gene Hackman there you go I don't, I don't know when Enemy of the State came out but I'm pretty sure Silence of the Lambs is actually pre fraser but I get what you're, what you're saying with regards to his movie work yeah Silence of the Lambs is 91 I believe and Enemy of the State I believe was 98 mm. so yeah Enemy of the State would have been around during the run of Frasier but uh, I, so we'll get into the actual episode because it opens in Nervosa uh, and Fraser is with uh, sitting by standing behind Bulldog in a large like queue at Nervosa because everything's moving very slowly he goes Why is I've got an appointment for him what's taking so long uh, some wee made a big stick they gotta, now they got to clean the milk steam every time they use it oh it was you oh, wasn't it he's like, and he's like what, expecting basic standard procedures 
leaves me a wee and wee wee eye. <laughs> I love how Bulldog just kind of Bulldog just kind of looks around like, oh, it was you, wasn't it? <laughs> and like, well, Christine Bates, Senator, because he just makes me a wee then a wee wee eye. Yes, a wee wee eye. <laughs> and then in comes Rose. Oh, Fraser, what stupid suggestion did you make this time? I said to you too, Rose. Well, I just spent two hours trying on jumbo formal wear for the CB Awards and you just hold up this very unflattering, basically very glittery looking dress. It's very large because also she's pregnant. Yes. I, I have nail polish that colour. <laughs> uh, and Roger Bulldog are basically looking at it they're like, good lord, and Rose goes, the best part was on the size 2 sales girls that I could use it again after my pregnancy. Well, <laughs> you could. No, cut off the bow, maybe remove the sleeves, and uh, go stick a pole in it, go camping. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. she's like, stick a pole in some place. She's like, like, children. children. <laughs> uh, children. Uh, I do love the uh, the bit where Harry knows that it's the face just kind of guy made the suggestions, because I remember it was like, I don't know, Niles did something uh, in an episode in Rosa where Martin comes back to the bathroom, like, who, like, who corrects the- who corrects the grammar of the graffiti in the bathroom? I don't know, Dad. It was Niles, wasn't it? I'll talk to him again tonight. Yeah, <laughs> no, it just reminded me of that, but eventually Bulldog yeah. gets to the front of the queue and uh, he gets a coffee and uh, they talk about the CB award. He goes, I don't know what you guys are so excited about. You aren't going to win. They never give it to the MC because Fraser's uh, hosting the event. He goes, you feel... Me up. I'm good for it. Yeah, I'm a lot. He goes, you're awfully cocky. Well, if no man, the best thing on the air makes me khaki, then khaki be I. He's like, ah. <laughs> See, you're not the only one who can talk classy. And Rose goes, why is he talking like Lassie? <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, so, so... He's like, let's just will we? Mm-hmm. And we, so you get to the event, and there's a guy looking very sketchy, pulling a gun, basically, out of his, the waistband of his trousers, and Freezer acknowledges, like, Russ, he tries to whisper quietly, that guy's got a gun. And then you all hear his bulldog going, he's got a gun! And it, be- it seems like uh, Bulldog is basically throwing his coffee over this guy to like disarm him. So like he throws the, the coffee over his hand as a gun. The guy drops the gun and runs away. And uh, Bulldog picks up the gun and uh, I was like, what happened? And uh, Roz and all these women are hugging Bulldog, calls my hero and all that. Like, you saved my life. Like, you're very brave. And this guy tries to hug him and goes, okay, close enough, pal. <laughs> What's funny is this, that he doesn't like put his hand out, he points the gun that he just picked up at the guy. Yeah, yeah, he's like, ah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're close enough. Don't need to do anything. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the things that's good about this episode is I've talked before about how Freezer very does very well to play with the, the concept of perspective. And could we get one version of the events here and then later on Fraser's going to tell us what actually happened. So it's it's, yeah. it's a concept that Fraser does very well. <laughs> and I would, I would say so. So we got to the elevator at the Elliot Bay Towers, and Nails uh, so holds the door, and he gets in the lift with Fraser. And uh, Nails is wearing this just like build cap, and he goes, "Niles, what do we say about your your tendency for impulse purchases?" He's like, "The salesman thought I could pull it off." My thoughts exactly. Uh-uh. <laughs> Hi. I do have, but ask me if I have news. Oh, actually, I have to news myself. That's it. Niles, do you have news? <laughs> he's like, indeed I do. First of all, congratulations on your CB nomination. He's like, now congratulate me on mine. 
What are you talking about? He's like, well, if you bother to look past your own name on the first page and you've found it and then he starts flicking on page 15. <laughs> Best performance by a guest on an information show. Yeah. And what? Well, just for that did when I discussed the psychological effects of long-term inclement weather. Ah, uh, yes, I remember. Thirty minutes of cycle that all reduced to one phrase. Rain, rain, go away. <laughs> I, I do love, like, when uh, Frieger reviews, like, also Frieger, like, being nailed at the cafe is obviously an important thing to tell Nails about, because he also frequents there. And I love how when uh, Nails asks him to, like, say, ask him about news, and he goes to that, you have, Nails is looking at his face to say, like, are you really going to make this about you? I asked you a simple question here. And Frieger's like, oh, God, he's not going to let, let me move on until I ask him if he's got news. Uh, he's like, oh, he's like, rain, rain, go away. And he's like, oh, I'm hardly surprised you feel the need to belittle my nomination. Yeah. He... My jewelry. That's the famous one. I'm just invisible. That's not the way the rest of the world sees me. <laughs> and then they open, you go into the apartment, and basically Martin and Daphne immediately go up and hug Fraser. And like, oh, I'm glad to see you. I'm also here. That's <laughs> <laughs> the way he does it. I'm also here. <laughs> oh, and uh, I do love how Nails in, because Frieger does take the piss out of, uh, the piss out of his nomination, and he just insist- immediately goes to, oh, yes, we're just jealous because you want to be the famous one. Oh, well, not yeah. not the way the rest of the world sees it, and then immediately feels insecure when they come and hug him, and he goes, well, Nails, as I was trying to say to you, there was a hold up at the cafe, and then suddenly Nails was like, oh, God, that's what he was trying to tell me. Yeah, you're like, oh shit, was anyone hurt? You're like, no, situation is diffused, and he goes, how did you guys know about it? Oh, well, it was on, it was on the news. Bulldog was really brave, it was, they said that on the news? That's not what happened at all. Well, we, Bulldog lied, why would you do that? Well, some people were formed weird, and, stra- and it's been rainy outside, and people look strange, strange, and extreme brothers. As I mentioned, in my CB Award nominated, shut up, Niles. <laughs> Try cram these news in there, well. Uh, so Fraser explains what did happen, and they pointed out the guy with the gun. And you do notice in the first bit that Bulldog's actually looking at, away from the gunman. Uh, yeah. Bulldog thought a different guy who was just reaching in for his, his, his cell phone was uh, the gunman. And so he actually threw the rods in front of him in the process of dropping his coffee. He inadvertently threw the coffee on the actual <laughs> gunman. So in reality, he's not a hero. He was using a pregnant woman as a human shield. And yeah. Do you know, honestly, like, as I was watching the episode, like, for the show, mm-hmm. I'll be honest, this was the first time I'd actually noticed how it went down, as Frazier said, you know? Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, he did pull her in front of him. Yeah, because, like, you don't notice it the first time you watch it until Frazier tells you, but when you're watching it, I sit, like, a second or third time, and you watch the initial interaction at the coffee, so you can kind of, like, spot it. Yeah, you can pick up on it and you're like, what a butthole? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, we all, everybody knows that Free, uh, Bulldog isn't very morally right, but, you know, one of the things like pulling a pregnant woman from you is still a new low for him. Yeah, that's, that's, that's considerably low. It was like, and, like, Niles was like, well, why didn't you say anything? Like, the time, because I was just relieved everyone was all right. Everything was, I did suppose it irked me when everyone was praising him. You know, in the cafe... I'll promise them a lifetime supply of muffins. And uh, Daphne goes, I wonder how long it would be. A lifetime supply of muffins. I'm certainly not going to let Bulldog get away with this. 
Oh, no, I don't think I've ever seen, seen Bulldog eat a muffin. A lifetime supply would be wasted on him. Now, see me. I could eat a muffin a day. Sometimes even two, knowing they're for free. So that's uh, ten, two, two a day, ten a week, 52 weeks a year, and then at least 40 years, that's 20,000 muffins. Wow. I last seems very long when measured in muffins. <laughs> Only Daphne could go down that mainframe, that sort of track, you know? Yeah, I do love how everyone just stands there very quietly, not knowing to see in the future, because, you know, there are a lot of things that make it, can make things life seem very long. And what I do love about Daphne in this bit is two things. One, how she goes, I've never seen Bulldog eat a muffin, like when she probably, everybody in the house probably has had the most minimal interaction with Bulldog, apart from that one time she had to go on a date with him because nobody else was bidding. She can blick up and call them purple. Eh, like, I bet $20. Who would know that would be the only bid? Then, I love how, like, we always, every now and then, get a wee thing about how uh, strange Daphne can be, like, behaviour-wise, or she's, like, not quite there, like, or being psychic, or the... At the time with Eddie was feeling down, I don't know why. But actually, in this episode, we get three examples in the one episode. This is just the first one. Yeah. So, they cut to Casey. Alfraser's wrapped up a show, and uh, Ross puts down some cookies down, and Fraser goes to the table and goes, Not for you, that's for Bulldog. Oh, is this really necessary? And then in comes Bulldog, and everybody's obviously still praising him, and, that, and Ross offers him a cookie and goes, well, I just had a bunch of muffins, but it was always one for crew. Where's the milk? And then Roz is, like, running about after them. Uh, and he's basically bragging to Fraser, like, hey, last night, sisters, huh? And Fraser basically... Last night I was a hero sandwich. <laughs> get it? Because they were the bread, and I was like, yeah, I get it, bulldog. And basically Fraser then goes, you can drop the act, I saw what you did. And Bulldog at first feigns outrage and then Sylvia's like, oh, he's on to me. Like, you're like, this stinks, that is BS. I'm a hero. Ah, she I'm a brave man. <laughs> oh, she's like, you're going to tell anyone, are you? I don't need to. Yeah, he's like, reason why I shouldn't. Like, you like muffins? <laughs> you like muffins? <laughs> well, I just, I like, he's like, that's BS. I'm a brave, brave man. And I also mentioned uh, I should mention about Niles. By the way, I forgot you mentioned earlier on. Uh, like you mentioned how he goes, my name on page fifteen. I do love how he goes, like, oh, your page name's on page one, and he's like, oh, his is a couple of pages long. Goes my on page, and then there's just that long pause to fifteen. Aye, <laughs> showing how basically how you just kind of well when he writes to Joe because even though he's get, it's an award nomination, and it just goes. How slightly, how more insignificant his is because it's way back on page like fifteen. Yeah, and the way Fraser looks at it is in a small article. Mhm. Uh, but you get to this, he goes like, "I'm not going to say anything, Bulldog, because a guilty conscience needs no accuser." So that mean you're not going to yeah. tell? You don't have to because a guilty conscience sleeps in thunder. And Bulldog's like, what? And he's like, I mean, don't want to tell. <laughs> yeah, he's trying to use these metaphors, basically, like, you're going to basically admit it yourself because you'll feel guilty about everything. Like, I got the conscience. He needs no accuser. What? That means, so that means you're not going to tell? No. I'll say it again. I don't have to because the guilty conscience sleeps in thunder. And it's only the third time he was like, no, these are wasted on him. Yeah, it means I won't tell. 
Yeah, and then they'll say he goes on and... Oh. And then Fraser goes, I'm quite excited to see this little experiment. See how long it takes you to crack. And then Fraser uh, basically announces right at the start of Bulldog's show that they, they always give a Man of the Year award at the CBs and uh, Bulldog's... Bull, uh, Bulldog's kind of being awarded it because of his, his heroism. And you reach a kind of them like, ah... Like, ah, uh, maybe this will be it. And like, oh, what do you say to that, hero? Well, I feel incredibly honoured. But i got to clear something up. There was a woman at the cafe yesterday saying, you're my hero. How can I thank you? And if he's just kind of waiting for him, like, for him to find a minute, he goes, I lost your number. If you call in, i got an answer for you. Uh, <laughs> and then he, like, honks his wee horn and all that. <laughs> and being typical bulldog, basically. Yeah. But... And we cut to the apartment, talk about nails, and you see Bill he's sitting there all. He's basically practicing how he'll react if he gets if he gets the award. If he's sitting there, goes, "Okay, you can go." And Daphne's got the envelope, and the CB goes to Doctor Niles. And he's got that face of like, "Oh!" And he's pretending pretend to shake hands with people and like the award, and you know it's customary for the presenter to bestow a kiss upon the winner. But when you'd probably be presenting, we can't know that for sure. Yeah. <laughs> and then I love. She gives him a kiss nod. And the Fraser comes in and goes, Oh, we're just practicing for Saturday night, you know? Best case scenario. I would think so. Obviously. <laughs> 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 I do love these wee interactions that Fraser walks in on between the two. That one, uh, like that other one there. Your brother just gave me $200, and now he's going to roll me over. <laughs> Niles? Aye. Language bearer. <laughs> uh. Anyway, he. So they do that, they come in, uh, and Daphne's making pie and all that. He goes, he's just like going off about the, the line he can't get all his men. goes, ah, don't worry, we all get upset about it sometimes. It's the important thing to do is to stop The important thing is to drop it before it's like yakking on someone who doesn't give a rat's ass. Is that your... Is that, is that your roundabout way of saying you don't want to discuss it? Why did... Like, the directorate? <laughs> <laughs> like, it's not really... Like, why do you care so much? Niles is like, why do you care so much anyway? And he's like, well, it's not that I care about him. It's like, I believe in the idea of right and wrong about our conscience. And to see an otherwise sane man have no conscience about this sort of yeah. thing, you know, it just it shakes my whole world view. And like, really, when you when you think about it, it shouldn't shake his, his world view at all, because like, Bulldog has always been a deplorable human being. I know it's a new level of low for him, but like it wouldn't wouldn't seem so far out of Bulldog's character to accept praise for something that he really shouldn't be. He because he is quite a selfish yeah. person in the past. I can I can just say myself. I would never I would never ever pull a pregnant woman in front of me. No, of course. But I would take praise for something I hadn't done. I, I could I could sing to that level. Yeah. And you, I think he does, and some way feel bad as we'll see later on. But yeah, yeah, like he is quite deplorable. I mean, the only other time we've seen him not be such a deplorable human is that time that he met Rosie's pal and fell in love, and then got his heart broken like immediately. But other than that, we've seen no yeah. real signs of him being really a decent human being. That's true. Mm-hmm. Like even that time he gave Rosie a gift, and it looked like oh, like she feels bad for not thinking it was for him, and then. Realising that he was just a cute excuse for me to hug her. <laughs> but, uh, then Daphne comes in, he places the uh, 
the party doing was, you know, my family was certainly doing the meaning of the word contents. Don't my dad called his wooden paddle. Oh, that's awful. And then they was like, oh, that's awful. And she's like, oh, you... Oh, from my brother's eye, but he'd never use it on me as long as it was always good. As long as I was always polite. As long as I always had a smile on my face, no matter how I felt inside. <laughs> as long as I was always ready to wait and all the men hand and foot, day and night, year in and year out. <laughs> More coffee, anyone? No, no, you have a sit. <laughs> yeah, he's like, no, no, you be, you be calm, that'll be cool. Louise yeah, is kind of just remembering her destroyed traumatic brain of Oh, I never used it on me. As long as I was always, always polite. As long as I was always good. And then the okay, she kind of fades in and slowly recurring. As long as I was always polite. And her smile on my face, no matter how I felt inside. And we, when she does the last bit waiting on the men, she like slams the forks down for uh, Martin and nails his uh, pie. Like, yeah, coffee, anyone? And then like, how quickly she snaps back into it. The, more coffee, anyone? Like, oh no, no, you sit, you, you sit down, Daphne. <laughs> That's mean? when you know you shouldn't get her too annoyed and leave her with anything sharp. It's like, uh, it reminds me of the bit the, oh, my mum would always say, oh, enjoy it now, there'll be no rain in hell. Sleep now, there'll be no yeah. naps in hell. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's nuts. But, uh, here's your, am I blowing this out proportion? Why can't I just understand and, uh, like, for all you know, he's actually up, he's at his own home, like, you know, and he'll sleep, he's probably placed on the floor, you don't know. Maybe he just does a good job of hiding it. And uh, it looks mm. like Fraser's finally going to drop in, like, well, oh, I'm going to turn in. Yeah, and then they're all sitting there eating their pie, like, you know, I'm proud of Fraser. You know, before he would obsess over something like this, but, you know, in the old days, he would go to, he wouldn't rest till he went up to Bulldog's house to see if he couldn't sleep either. And then you hear the door shut, because should have asked him to get some milk. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, then, cause see, he basically keeps ringing Bulldog's uh, door, and he's you know, like, "It's not a good time. Like you've done something horrible and selfish. I need to know you feel bad about." It. Been looking through the keyhole, uh. and there's a way where a woman shouts to Bulldog, "Bulldog, I'm lonely. Talk to your sister for a minute." <laughs> and look on Fraser's face, he's just appalled. Mm. Yeah, he's just appalled. Like, and he's like, you know what, this is really bugging you, isn't it? You know what, the truth is, I feel bad. I feel bad. And he's like, you feel nothing. <laughs> I'm sorry, these little things don't get to me. The little thing in question is pulling a pregnant woman in the way of a gunman. <laughs> Who have no... And he's like, he's like, maybe I don't have a conscience. You know, something I was born without. You know, my, my cousin, born without a big toe on either foot. Sometimes he'd sneak up and tip him over. Didn't feel bad about that either. <laughs> no. You have a conscience. Buried down deep inside and I'll get it out one way or another. Mark my words. I don't know how yet, but come Saturday night, you'll be so consumed with guilt, you'll not be able to accept that Man of the Year award. I'll, I'll be honest. The idea of pushing someone over that had no big toes seemed humorous to me. <laughs> I just love the fact that oh someone's suddenly easy to tip over because they're missing their big toes they're like is that a well known thing because I've never thought of it if, if you knew if you knew someone that had no big toes you'd be curious though I would yeah you'd want to know in which case you would end up pushing them over just to find out mm-hmm. if you have no big toes let us know <laughs> but we got to the the CV wars I should mention about the CVs I do like that 
like I think the is it the first season that the CB we first hear about the CB awards. Yeah, near yeah. the end of the first season. I do love how this is going to become a a semi regular thing that every now and then they come back to the CBs and they can send an episode around. Like yeah, the first one when they were trying to bribe the judges, there was the the episode with the stalker. And yeah. then you've got like this episode, so I like that they can keep me as kind of a reoccurring thing. But yeah, and remember, it was also mentioned as CB Award was mentioned in the episode with Diane. Mhm. Yeah, because he actually won one before, so he was trying to like put it out in full view to get make her jealous. Yeah, but didn't quite work though. Nah, but we. Uh, we feature we, meeting up everybody like he's got Daphne and Niles, Daphne and Martin are there like oh and they're like dad you look good oh well I guess anyone looks good in a monkey suit and Daphne does bring up the idea of why is it yeah, why, why is it called a monkey suit like when someone wears, wears like a tuxedo and it is a fair question because oh I had a, quite a few <laughs> theories about that in the ride over <laughs> Martin's like he sure did can I get a ride home with you <laughs> There you go, three examples of lunatic Daphne that Martin doesn't want to drive home with yeah. her because like, she's driving me nuts. I do, I do love Daphne in a lot less episodes, I'll be honest with you. Mm-hmm. Mental Daphne is best Daphne. Yeah, it really is. <laughs> uh, and then comes Rod, it's like, oh, my, I'm, my hair is huge, just dresses as a Joe. Nonsense, you look divine. No, I look like divine. And then she was just sat down and like, oh god, look at the way the lights are shining off this dress. I'm like a disco ball. <laughs> and uh, Martin says to her, oh, you seem in good spirits. I wouldn't think you would be. No, with Bulldog getting that award and everything. Oh, I'm really surprised if he, doesn't, if he declines that award. You know, I've arranged a few surprises to prick his contents to like Hamlet's father. He's tortured. She tortures from the back with ghostly pale and gibberish for guilt. And Martin just wins over to a couple of strangers. Can I get a ride home with you? Can I get a ride home with you? I do love how he's trying to seem insane because he's trying to get away from like people who are annoying him. But he says but to yeah. these strangers, he looks like the mental one because he's randomly asking to get a lift with him. <laughs> Old guy best thing. Can I get a lift with you? And they just wander off him and uh, Daniels comes in and goes, oh, definitely you look Divine, and uh, she really don't look so bad yourself. And he goes, "Oh, well, I think it's hard for anyone to look bad in evening wear." And then Rose looks by and quite cruel. Nails goes, "Hard, but not impossible." Do <laughs> uh, I take our streets? You know, he goes, "If Dave Rumor is correct, I wouldn't be sitting for long." Now, are we all at t- uh, table one o five? We're all at table four. Oh, and then Nails asks the waitress, "He goes." Oh, that's the technical awards. It's down in the basement, across, across to the kitchen, and all I asked for the Napoleon room. Ah, Napoleon room. That, that sounds rather charming. Yeah, we called that because the ceilings are so low. Now the awards suddenly seem quite more, quite uh, a little bit more unimportant. Yeah. Uh, and then Daphne's like, "What a shame! You won't get to see your brother host to hear all the little jokes he's written." And, and then, then they start laughing, and I was like, "Thanks, Daphne. I needed some cheering up." And is just like, "What the hell? I thought it was unnecessary." <laughs> uh, but so Bulldog comes in with this this blonde woman on his arm, and he goes, "Oh, Bulldog! Oh, jeez, let's go this way." 
It goes, oh, no, avoid me, Bulldog. I have no intention of ruining your evening. In fact, I've made it with a great legs to make it memorable. You're sleeping okay, Doc? Hey, You're like- cool. Alright. Oh, don't worry. I'll sleep fine tonight. The sleep of the just. Of the just. <laughs> and then he frees your... Like me too, with sleep with just boinks. <laughs> and the uh, frees your... Uh, is presenting the award that he and Roz is a... Uh, show is a character that he and Roz is chosen. And uh, as Bill Dolpert did, obviously, they didn't get... He, they don't win because... Yeah. Because also he's the MC, they don't give it to the MC. And Roz kind of just like, oh, whatever. And, like, sorry you didn't win, Frey. Oh, it's okay. I'm really concerned about the next award. Because, uh, like, Bill loves the awards up next. And then in comes Niles. Oh, Dr. Crane, how'd it go? I lost. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh. I was like, sorry you didn't win. He's like, God, I've been saying that a lot tonight. Oh, look, why? In serve alcohol to technical awards. And so I am for many of the guests who mistook me for their waiter. As you see. <laughs> Like you see, I was the only nominee dressed in black tie, except for one man in front wearing a tuxedo T-shirt. <laughs> yeah, I love how he explains that he's never said that before. Wearing something called a tuxedo shirt, <laughs> um, <laughs> and I did love like the how how positive Nails is when he comes and goes. I lost. <laughs> <laughs> so, I lost. No, at least I didn't come in until Monday ended. We see these handsome certificates. Which we're giving out after we followed our tables and stacked our chairs. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, I would have loved to actually go in to see what the technical awards look like based on this description yeah. from Niles. And then the Napoleon room. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and so Frazier brings up uh, brings up Bill Dolly accept you to worry with but first, it's just beginning roll out. Can we dim the house lights? And he goes, I've got a few surprises. Do you recognise these voices? And uh, he's got, like, a priest from his hometown. Uh, like, here. Your heritage priest and confessor. And uh, he's got a, a, a teacher. He goes, the one who taught you right from wrong. Yeah. Well, what I noted is this teacher called Miss McLeod, but it's spelled M-C-C-L-O-U-D, which is how everyone seems to think my name is, is spelled, and I keep, need to keep to correct them. So you are not Mick Cloud. Yes. I don't know. It should be Miss Mick Cloud, because there's two C's in that one. I, I have one C in my M-C-L-E-O-D, which, but for some reason in my life, it's been hard for some people to grasp. <laughs> Idiots. Yeah, anyway. you're, you're Mr. McCloud, not yeah. Miss Mick Cloud. Mm-hmm. But anyway, <laughs> I think... Then he's got like oh he's good like he's, he's hearing like hearing like seven minutes of people's voices before their reveal goes, Bill Dog, drop, give me fifty. Oh god <laughs> Ah, Coach Nugent Nugent or whatever, <laughs> whatever his name is. But he goes, uh, I told you it doesn't matter whether you win or lose but the fact the game is fair and eventually Bill Dog covers me and goes, You're wasting your time <laughs> And then he he brings this wee boy, uh, little Joey little Joey, the president of your fan club who just wants to grow up and be just like you. And he's got his own wee version of the uh, the horn that Will Dog uses on his show. And then, yeah. the best for this, the woman who gave you everything. Well, you'll have to narrow that one down. And uh, also, nobody in the crowd laughs. And he goes, uh, and he brings, basically brings out his mum. And uh, so Patriot goes, now let's turn over to their guest of honour, 
I guess we're all anxious to hear what our hero has to say. And uh, you see Fraser with a big smile on his face when he goes to his seat, thinking like, oh, this is going to be good, he's finally going to admit it. And uh, he pulls out a speech that he written and then he throws it away, he goes, I can't say that now. All I really want to say is, this is totally awesome, thank you and good night. <laughs> and Fraser's like, <laughs> Fraser's like, for God's sake, not even after all this. Like, Fraser just... Yeah. And I can hear the end of it's like, Dad, this guy has done something wrong and he's being rewarded. And Mom goes, all right, I'm going to sell this myself. And he goes, hey, Bulldog, that guy's got a gun. Bulldog, he grabs his mum. Mm-hmm. It's the old mum, is it? He's got a gun. <laughs> he goes, yeah, I got a gun. And then Mom goes, sorry, false alarm. And then someone goes, he used his own mother as a shield. And then Ross grabs him. Is that what you did to me? No. Uh, and everyone quickly, Bulldog quickly no. goes, I never realized, like, you use a pregnant woman as a shield? You don't deserve this award. <laughs> and then Martin the just smells like, thanks, Dad. Hey, I'm no hero. I just wanted you to shut up. <laughs> Martin's just like, oh, anything it takes to stop Fraser from yakking. Yeah. And then uh, the credit scene is uh, basically Bulldog's mum constantly ringing his doorbell. Until he opens the door and then you can like, come on, come here, come here. And then she starts smacking him in the head. <laughs> She's like, how could you use uh, me as a shield? <laughs> oh, that was a great episode. That is a really good episode. Uh, I'd, I'd give this a, a definite thumbs up. What about you? Oh, definitely, yeah. I know there haven't been that many like Bulldog folks episodes, but I think this is like, as far as those go, this is a, a really good one. So we had a, a decent episode, or a really good episode, I thought. And then this, this is why I, I said this game is bad, because it's not a bad episode, but not the most memorable guest character, I think. I I, I disagree slightly, but okay. How so? Well, come on. Crazy wolf howling, haircutting, mouse painting chick, you got to remember that. Um, I, think I'll, I think I'll explain my, my, my full like, thoughts on her uh, later on. I think it wasn't smart for me to start the, the review of the episode with it, but like we're in Novosa again, because that's where most episodes seem to start. But uh, <laughs> yeah. Nails comes in, he sees Fraser and Ross at a table, and uh, he goes to grab an extra seat, but uh, Ross says, oh, I'm just leaving you in mind, and Fra- Nails reaches in his pocket. We all assume, as, as Ross does, He's reaching him for like his anchor of what he usually uses to get dusty chair as he often does before he he sits down. Yeah, and she's like she's like, Every time I give you my chair you wipe it off first, it's insulting. Yeah, and then Nails like goes on the defence and goes, actually for your information I was reaching for my cell phone, he pulls it out and goes, Oh, uh, I'm sorry, now that's that dialogue, like it's okay and she leaves. And then like, he Nails actually does make a call on the phone and Nervosa goes, Careful Nervosa, look you send someone to wipe my chair down. And then Fraser, for God's sake, I'll do it. And then, yeah. Uh, the ridiculous thing I've ever seen in my entire yeah. life. And he's doing the. He's like, stop it, sit down. He goes, oh, Fraser, I understand you had a full dance card this weekend. He goes, in fact, I did. I met this lovely young artist at this gallery open on Saturday with her coffee afterwards. And well, it lasted until. Well, the Kelsey didn't come home, but I did hear him mooing on. actually come home. But I did hear mooing on the front porch. But I did hear mooing. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I was like, oh, I'm trying a blank. You know, the only one I remember here in the gallery was that one with the burnt stuff. 
Burnstocks and one who went on with her driftwood collages. And then he cast Snickers and goes, Yeah, that's Caitlin. Oh. Oh. You're like, well, obviously, we seem different on the surface, but once you get to know her, trust me, she really has a breath of fresh air. You know, I haven't felt that. I haven't feel it. I haven't been this excited about a relationship in ages. And then, so Niles basically kind of goes, okay, I'm sorry about how I first like, brought it up, you know, and well, that's the reaction goes like, well, it's wonderful, I'm, I'm really happy for you. He goes, so where's she, so she's from around here? Oh, I didn't come up. Ah. Uh, where did she go to school? She didn't mention it. Well, ah, didn't mention it. Well, presumably art school. Well, yes, yeah. Well, being arts, it must be exactly about uh, finer things, literature, music. Uh, I don't know. I never got around to that. Ah, sorry, I'm putting you on the spot. Congratulations. You know what? I'm putting you on the spot here. Congratulations. Let's just have a congratulations on your new relationship. What are you implying? Uh, I think we both know what kind of relationship we're talking about. Would you stop using the word? Stop saying the word relationship that way. Relationship. relationship. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I'm not condemning your little fling. Oh, for God's sake. Just don't try and pass off as something deeper than it is. Like, the only, the only, thing, the you only thing you have in common is the word silly on your backside. <laughs> the faint impression of the word silly on your backside. And <laughs> I, I, I remember first thinking, going through this, like, why does Niles care so much? Then I realized, like, as it goes on, like, Fairy is trying to basically, is very defensive, like, you no, know, because he said, like, I wouldn't be in a relationship if, was, if there was nothing in common than just physical, because he thinks about relationships being deeper than that, but. Nails is like, well, it's clearly a thing. You shouldn't if it if it's clearly a thing. Don't be ashamed of it. Don't just don't call it what it is. Call a spade a spade, basically. Yeah, basically. And, uh, and then I I also do like the video. You stop saying it like that. Relationship. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Relationship. Yes. Oh. No, I would never say relationship, but I didn't think there was a real future in it. Uh, otherwise, if there was a thing, you guys, you do nothing can't beyond the physical. You'd break it up. Yes, absolutely. The principle, you know, it comes up as a topic of my show. Ah, surely you must listen occasionally. Of course I listen occasionally. It's just, I'm usually busy from 11 to 1. My show's on from 2 to 5. My show's on from 2 to 5. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, look, and I was like, oh, I've got the pages. I'm, I'm busy between 11 and 1. It's on from 2 to 5. <laughs> Which, so it's a very... <laughs> A very amusing, but kind of sad running thing for this show, obviously, visualizing is no one actually listened to the show. Yeah, no one, no one paid attention to the show. Uh, and then we cut to the uh, the kitchen of uh, the, the the apartment, and my like, oh, I can't wait to see the look in his face, and that was me too. He doesn't have a clue. And they've got a, a wee cupcake with a candle that's lit on it, and they go in and goes, they start singing Happy Birthday, and you think they're talking to maybe Fraser or even Nails. And he goes, oh dear God, they walk past Fraser, And they're singing happy birthday to Eddie. <laughs> uh, and they like, come on yeah. Eddie, let's do it together. And they blow out the candle and like, oh, I, I, wonder, I wonder if he made a wish. I know I did. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, in comes Nails. Nails kind of... Uh, and goes, well, we don't want to the previews. And one goes, hey, come on Bertie, well, i got to give you a present. He goes, yeah, I had a brand new rubber ease, Easy Burger thing. But he's got him a new toy for his birthday, and yeah. uh, Nils kind of looks at him as they walk off. He's like, Jesus, he, our dad's throwing a party for his dog. <laughs> <laughs> it reminds me of the of the episode, uh, the Christmas one, that, Dad, you need to get off more. 
You started doing old lady things. Oh, well then, so afraid we can venture to join us. Mm-hmm. Oh, your brother's been slaving away in the kitchen all afternoon. I have to have a kitchen over for dinner. Ah, oh, for oh, for dinner. <laughs> I think I'll thank you to stop sniggering your insinuations of killing. I have nothing in common but the physical. There are many things we do share. Ah, uh, and then Caitlin comes in, but uh, she quite quickly like kisses Fraser as she comes in. Uh, not helping the idea that they have uh, nothing but physical and then Fraser yeah. goes to Dean Daphne now they're sharing a tic-tac <laughs> uh, I should mention it's funny uh, uh, the woman who plays Caitlin uh, the actress Lisa Edelston uh, I know her more so from uh, the TV show House where she plays uh, Dr. Kai yeah. who basically runs the hospital where Hugh Lloyd's house works and it's funny because like, her character in that is basically the exact opposite of the character that we see Caitlin as here. I never knew that, you know. Mm. You never seen House? I never. I never watched a lot of House, but mm. yeah, she's uh, that's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. So I'm sure she's she's been in like a lot of other things, but that's kind of the main thing I know her from. But. Yeah, but it's just bad for mention that because again the characters in both shows are very different but he comes in and uh, she says hello to everybody and uh, oh wait we're oh wait a minute you know, go yeah. tear Mr Crane away from Eddie oh yes he's having a birthday party for his dog oh how old is he too old to be having a party for his dog but anyway then he's like can I interest you in a drink a drink mm-hmm. and like they were talking about Wayne uh, Wayne it seems like at first Caitlin uh Caitlin uh, knows a lot about wine and goes, oh, well, I thought I must have been saving this wine. No. Oh, no, she, he's like, I've just opened a bottle of Conte Brouillet and he's like, he's like, oh, you must have been saving it. Bregogna hasn't made a decent Beaujolais in years. And he's and, like, oh, do you hear that, Niles? Our Caitlin is a fellow edophile. And she goes, oh, my dad had a vineyard when I was younger. I was the only kid in the block who would open my can of Hawaiian punch and let it breathe. Ah, oh, you see that? We said there's like, And then he Quirky sense of humour. Mm-hmm. Would you care for a glass? Oh no, I always oh, hated the taste of wine. <laughs> yeah, I always hated the taste of wine. Right, Niles immediately. Ah, oh, finally, I can something I can use to tell the two of you apart. <laughs> oh, he goes, well, <laughs> can I offer you a martini then? Oh no, I cut out alcohol last year along with processed sugar, dairy, products, and meat. Oh, I hope that doesn't screw with your menu. What are you serving? Well, so far, parsley <laughs> with a. Uh, <laughs> he's like well, we'll make, let me get you a glass of mineral water <laughs> like please help yourself to melon slices just unwind the prosciutto <laughs> and then Nails immediately falls in the kitchen like well Fraser I owe you an apology you two are perfectly compatible how long will it be before we're all staying outside of a church pelting you both with whole grain brown rice <laughs> spare me your sarcasm <laughs> I already told you, I would never continue a relationship if I think it had a real future. Have you ever heard of the term opposite threat? Well, I am worldly. Kislin is unspoiled. Rather remarkable, given her terror of preserves. <laughs> <laughs> and then... Hopefully. And then, Caitlin's talking to Martin, and she's like, Oh, Fraser, I just met your dad. Did you know we're both Libras? <laughs> and Martin, which explains why I'm so perky. 
open-minded and quick tears. Don't forget so outgoing. Like, don't forget outgoing. And he's like, oh, I didn't. <laughs> and then immediately heads for the door like, I'll be outgoing now. <laughs> and he, he leaves with everybody yeah. and like, he goes, we start smirking. He's walking, walking everyone to the door and he's like, will you stop smirking? Mm-hmm. Yeah, just a, a harmless devil in astrology. Well, not dim the charm of this appealing woman. And she sits there in uh, Martin's armchair. Ah, this is the coolest chair. Just get out. <laughs> <laughs> and then Fraser, even though he probably has no right to be looking very sombre uh, the next day, sitting at the piano when he's finally the realisation that this is nothing but physical uh, setting in, just like, nah, it's Caitlin dead. I'm in hell. <laughs> yeah, that's how I die. Most intense physical pleasure I've ever known. And then Martin's like, Fraser, before you go on, I in my bed last night with a dog. <laughs> <laughs> uh, like, he basically, Martin basically calls uh, Caitlin a flake and goes, like, Oh, I, just, I can't see this going anywhere. Yeah, on account of her being a flake. <laughs> and he was like, And he's like, there you go. Yeah, he's like, the point, he's like, granted there's aspects of her personality I find off but and he's like, like, you're being a flake. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Razor, I'm just going to tell you, watch out for this woman. I know how these things work. You need to experience something like this? I didn't say that. I just know the type. So she's got you going against your better judgment. Who's soon you'll be thinking about her all the time. Losing sleep, losing work, neglecting your friends. And pretty soon you're caught naked with her in the backseat of your squad car. <laughs> The point I'm making here is that you need to break it off. The longer you take, the longer the harder it will be. And if you're like, you're right. Got to nip this in the butt. Wow, this is weird. Made myself a hypocrite. You know, I had a whole did a whole show yesterday to the importance of self control. You did. Doesn't anyone listen? Does it? Doesn't anyone? <laughs> uh, so then he goes to yeah, uh, he's intended to just break up with her and he knocks on the door and like, oh, God, why don't you call first? I'm working on my collages. I'm covered in pain. There's turpentine in my hair. I'm all sweaty. And he's like, oh, don't take a moment. I just really need to talk to you. I'm like, okay, but be nice. And she comes out, kind of looking a bit messy. You know, she's got paint all over and she's hair's all over. But for some reason, Fraser just can't help himself and. Basically, he fails to do what he set out to. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But then, cut out to the apartment, uh, that Rose comes in like, is Fraser here? No, he's not back yet. He's supposed to be in the cafe over an hour ago to do all this paperwork. Now he can just do it himself. And then, he goes, can I use your powder room? And then, I love how she, she asks that. She's already, like, got the door door to the powder room open and got one foot in the door. It's like, can I use your powder room? Sure. <laughs> And Nels comes out with the, the the kitchen with some wine and goes, obviously he's attempt to break out Caitlin's got a rye again. I've missed my wine tasting. Kind of weak willed man allows a woman to come between him and I anyone Cheval Blanc. And he goes And then you know, just out of curiosity, why didn't you go by yourself and sit here with me for half an hour and then Nels is like I was worried about nothing. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I do love that kind of like him coming up with the, the lie on the spot. He's like, oh, how do you let a woman get between him and white teeth and then realise, like, I just spent uh, the last half hour with Daphne because a woman got in the way of uh, being white teeth and like, 
I, I'm worried about him, definitely. I'm worried sick. <laughs> and uh, it comes through, he tries to cover up what he's actually done. And he was like, Are you going to kill this all time? Oh, heavens no. I stopped by there this morning. We decided to go to a bit of ways and I'm out with Roz to go over some paperwork. Not knowing that Roz is coming up from the bedroom behind him, you know. Now she has these days to get her going on, but one of her troubles, and then yakety yak yak. And the way she makes her story seem so interesting, I just listened to her for hours. Knock it off, Fraser. Knock it off, Fraser. Oh, where do you think I've been? She's like trying to make up with Caitlin, but did I do it? No. And why? Because I'm Fraser. And I'm a sexaholic. And then the. What is happening here? You're having a purely sexual fling. Happens to all of us at one time in our lives. The one where the chemistry is perfect. Can't be alone with each other without tearing each other's clothes off and you're jumping each other. I mean, does this sound familiar? And Fraser and Daphne are like, yeah. And then Niles is like, yeah. Uh, but he but he noticeably <laughs> said it just right after they've said it. Like, I can't be the only one left out. I'll, lose. I'll seem like a loser. Yeah, like, yeah, I totally know that. I, yeah, totally. <laughs> and uh, I remember Daphne tries to tell a story like, oh, I can tell you a story too. His name was, oh, I can't tell you. And, uh, oh, come on, like, oh, we're all friends here. We're trying to help Fraser. Like, oh, well, fine. It was a long time ago. I don't remember all the details. And now it's going to take a minute. <laughs> uh, and she starts telling about a story about how she was uh, uh, sunbathing on the roof, but then... She has to keep all oh, the phones there, and our story keeps getting interrupted. And then, much to nails is chagrin, and Rose goes, Oh, I remember mine was this lifeguard, he had long hair. You know, he used to get horrible sunburn. I would, uh, I would spend hours now scaling the, peeling the skin off his back. What is his name? Rick? Nick? I know there was an X sound. I was about to make one of those myself. <laughs> and then, uh, Daphne comes back, like, my mother picks the worst time. So I'm missing anything. No, you were telling us the story. Basically, she's basically sunbathing without any clothes on, and then, oh, the rules are done. Yeah. And then keeps getting dropped in and goes, my Niles, what about you? And the uh, preacher kind of laughs off, like, oh, I don't think we're exactly in Niles' wheelhouse. Niles is like, I beg your pardon. Preacher like, come on, Niles, I've heard your stories. It's not like the steamiest stuff. Well, you may have clearly forgot about the summer I spent in Paris. In fact, I had a torrid affair with a married woman. Really? Oh, I'm sorry, I had no idea. Well, nothing I post about, but it was simply overpowering. Every two o'clock at the Hotel de Bruges. Uh, I, French, by the way, we, I'm sure, I'm very aware that I think we have anybody in France that listens to us, but we definitely not going to listen to this episode. I've butchered everything French I have tried to see in this episode. Well, I have a handle on it. It's like, every Thursday, two o'clock, the Hotel de Boulogne. We yeah. arrived separately, climbed the stairs, opened the door. Ooh la la. Oh, what an embrace. Afterwards, she whispered to me, there's something so sweet in your eyes. And I added, and Fraser jumps in, does she so much good, says Emma Bovary. If you're going to steal a love life, don't steal from the classic imbecile. And then Ross goes, like, really? You didn't, you made all that up and sleep. Now Skelet's there and look, the part about being in Paris is true. Here we are. <laughs> <laughs> I do love I do love the way Fraser like you gotta think like if that would have worked on they too but like the fact that Fraser was there he immediately picks up on it he, the more he goes in it goes it does me so much good says I'm up over <laughs> and then <laughs> comes you're gonna steal 
people with glasses you imbecile and then in comes Daphne who was like there you go come out of the other minute I would have had burnt buns which brings us back to your story oh yeah so there I am wearing nothing but a smile and then I meet Derek this good looking fireman from across the hall we don't, so I had two choices either tiptoe away or tea's ready oh zip. god must Daphne do everything around here and I was like I'll go no, I need a I need a glass of water myself and they go off and uh, oh, you're not little eh and then, so then the kitchen they're telling like, is anything helping? Like, not really. And he goes, as long as I've known you, you've been complaining about your lack of sex life, and now you have one. Like, why you stop complaining? He goes, it just feels wrong, you know. And he talks about the idea of, like, well, maybe you're thinking too much, you know, why don't you start listening to your body for once? And, you know, like, I'm afraid there's no future. Yeah. And he goes, like, what if she thinks she has a future with me? He goes, like, well, then it would be wrong, but is that how she feels? Like, well, I don't know. Well, then ask her. If so, then you should feel bad. If not, then just enjoy it. <laughs> Yeah. And he was, and he was. Uh, no, you're right. Over the top thinking can really spoil anything. It's funny. I gave that same advice to that lawyer from Brainbridge the other day. You did. You were five feet away. Does anyone listen? <laughs> <laughs> so no, like Martin and nails are one thing, but the fact that Rod even in the booth is kind of chinned out from whatever feature is seen. No, it's just the way you say it. He's like, you were five feet away. Doesn't anyone listen? <laughs> uh, now, we've talked a lot about how funny, like, Keith Deere and I with terms like physical comedy. And it's not really a physical comedy, but more so, like, he elicits comedy just from his movements here. Because we, we cut back in when they come back in from the, the kitchen. Well, they come out of the kitchen back into the living room. And uh, we hear the, like, the tail end of, of Daphne's story. He goes, it wasn't until afterwards that we realised we rolled onto the skylight above the main stairwell. Oh, we took some ruin about that we did. And that was just silent and just slowly <laughs> and just slowly slowly just leaves the house and just like opens her kill, looks back in until he leaves and just shuts the door. Doesn't even say anything, just leaves. Yeah. Don't think he even takes his coat with him. No, he just gets up and he's like, I need to go home. <laughs> <laughs> uh. <laughs> uh, but then we've got the scene in Caitlin's apartment where yeah, she says oh dinner should be ready in about 20 minutes which makes you think what's she making if she can't eat dairy or meat products or processed sugars I wondered that myself was she just making him some fucking porridge or something mm-hmm. probably probably soup <laughs> yes <laughs> but and then and uh so that's when Fraser finally asked her about like where they see us going, and uh, he goes, "Well, I was heading down to your Elo, but if you got care to reroute me, I'm open to suggestions." Uh, we don't know about like, like this, and like she kind of feels a bit nervous, like, "Oh well, I was always looking at this as a casual thing. Like, I hope that doesn't disappoint." He goes, "Oh no, I'm actually quite relieved. Oh good, like they're enjoying kind of how they are, and she's yeah." Uh, it feels like he's actually like, listening to like she's trying to give him, give him a massage and all that and uh, then he, he's, he's spotting things like meat hooks and all that oh I do love these confronted loft spaces wonder what this was before give him these hooks I'd, I'd say maybe a slaughterhouse oh no I put those in there it was a daycare centre before this oh well <laughs> you and your, your little decorating touches and uh, then he he notices like mouse traps like, do you get many mice oh no but you I wish I'd use them in my art. Dead mice? 
Yeah, my new collage about yeah. mortality. <laughs> yeah, and he's just trying to like think, think casual, think casual, and uh, then she comes out and she's basically cut her hair. Like, you know, sometimes the mood strikes and yeah. then she uses it to stuff it with her cushions. And like, is that all your hair? Most of it's mine. <laughs> <laughs> and then... And then we get to the probably the weirdest part where she goes, "Oh, I forgot it's a full moon." And he goes, "Ah, yes, I don't know the full moon to make one." And then she starts howling, and then the scene to be like the they're really like, "What?" Like, oh, she's a member of the what's the society? Lycanthrope. Yeah, is it werewolves? No, it's just a group of women who thinks who feel the moon kind of directs our cycles, and this is our way of paying respect. I mean, you've heard me howl before. Oh, yes, but uh, I thought I was the reason for that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, then, and then he's like... Oh, yeah, yeah, he goes, oh, oh. Major, you're getting all tense again. It's the hair pillow, is it? Well... Yeah. And then she hears a snap from one of the mouths, and she's like, oh, got one. Among other like, things. Among other things. <laughs> yeah, he goes, he says the howling, like, oh, what? yes, well, considering the context, I took it as a compliment. <laughs> but, uh... And then he, like, he can't, like, well, these few differences, you know, like, there's a, well, you know, we're just so different. You know, I'm your basically, basically your stuffy, button-down sort of guy. You're your more free-spirited, mouth-painting, howling sort of girl. I mean, even though this is more sets, more satisfying physical relationship I've had, is, is that enough to fix the gap? And he goes, well, I think so. And then, basically, Frieger sees her, and the dude and is like, well, okay, I can deal with this. And he starts howling as well. <laughs> Like he, he, yeah, was, like, he was, he was, he was just yeah. about, he was, yeah. just, he was just about to, like, be strong enough to break off, and then just he just couldn't do it at the last minute. No. Uh, and then. No, no, he helped. He got to the business. Yep. Uh, he basically just, he just like, ah, fuck, it, I'm just gonna go with it. We, he, he finally decided to stop thinking. Yeah. And we go to the, the credits. Where uh, Daphne decides, obviously, having talked about her story, she decides to go up and sunbathe on the roof. And she walks past Nails, he comes out the other and she gets Nails, and just as it closes, we see Nails suddenly running out of the apartment, remembering the story, and tries to like press the button, but the thing's not opening. And then he does his, his typical Nails like, run, just like, he's all frantically all over, like, oh, oh, trying to run up to the, to the roof. I just love the way Niles runs, especially when he's like all frantic. He's like, oh. <laughs> he's taking all his energy just to move in a certain direction. Yeah, he must. He must see it. Yes. Uh, so that's episode nineteen. Uh, I made middling, middling to up. I think for this episode, personally. Oh, well, I'm, I'm going to have to say a, a definite up for me. Uh, I'm not, I get what they're going for. It's, I get what they're going for in this episode. You know, it's a different kind of relationship than Frasier is uh, is used to. But I do agree with what Ross is like. Oh, he's complaining about the lack of sex in his life, and now he's got to be still complaining. And then he's like, yeah. I think they and there were times where I thought in the the perfect guy episode that they were kind of doing. They were sometimes going a bit overboard and how perfect. Uh, Clint was, but I was actually I, I, I was able to move past it because the episode overall was quite entertaining, whereas the, 
I think they seem to go out of their way of the, they're basically one step away from making bloody a uh, Caitlin into a hippie. Yeah, because <laughs> like that's the deal. Because like you cause remember the way they talk about uh, phrases like first wife, like when he does the the flashbacks and where he's and she's in the car yeah. with him. Yeah, they're like they're basically they're they're almost turning yeah. sending Caitlin down that direction, like to try and because they're so different to show how different she is from from Fraser. Yeah, she's basically playing a like somewhat of like Nanette, you know, like yeah. his first wife. Yeah, so Mhm, and Fraser is a lot is like he says really stu- uh, like stuffed shirt kind of very he finds like little things annoy him so like so many differences is like an issue for him. Yeah. And. But you said before we recorded this, like, other than like the Wolf Hill thing, you didn't think Kate was Ian was that weird of a character. I didn't really think so. No, she seemed perfectly normal to me. Well, like I said, it's kind of um, I feel I'm rather indifferent to the episode. Like overall, Niles, I think, is better overall in this episode. We we like jabs that he takes at Fraser over this, and then just the way he tries to make up that yeah. story, and like part about being in Paris is true. Is like if this was a more, if this was like a, if a this feels like a nails our story. Mhm. Yeah, like this feels more like a nails episode than a Fraser episode when it's meant to be focused on Fraser and his relationship. Like Fraser's name is in the title and everything, but nails is the one that main takeaway I take from this episode in terms of like what I like about it. Well, that's as long as you have things you like about it, you know. Yeah, I do have things that I like about it. It's just because I'm very. I love the Niles part of it, but I love the Fraser and Caitlin part of it as well. Mm-hmm. And I think Daphne has little moments of being ditzy in this episode as well. Martin's funny. There's nothing negative for me in this episode, you know? Yeah, I get what you mean. Nah, that's, I think that's the three episodes we've got to cover today. We're very nearly at the end of season five. We'll get there eventually, but next week we are going to be covering In Your House 6. I'll be followed by the latest episode of Making an Impact. We're given a, a couple of weeks post Hard to Kill. Yeah, see where the storylines are going, especially in regards to uh, the big Impact versus AEW match that got made for No Surrender of Private Party versus Good Brothers. We'll see how that goes. And we've also, Good Brothers are continuing to be like a presence on, uh, on AEW, getting some good matches there. So, it'll be quite interesting to see what happens. And... We'll uh, give our opinions about Hardy Gill and everything else going on. But until then, make sure you follow us on Twitter at SBRally. You can follow me at Scott McLeod 1996. Like our Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash podcast. Those are where all the updates about shows and uh, when, when the likes are going to be shared are on there. You can find us on all good Android podcasts and sites, Anchor, Spotify, iTunes. Give us a really like, review your platform of choice. Uh, you can look back at all the previous episodes of Frasier from this season and previous season. We even did, we started doing like other Frasier related videos like uh, we ranked our favourite Frasier Christmas specials. We're going to be hopefully doing more Frasier related ranking videos in the future. And you can, before In Your House 16, catch up on the first five episodes of uh, In Your Gaff, where our series covering all the In Your Houses. We've had a, a bit of a mixed bag of, of In Your Houses so far. I think we have. I think there was at least two of them we, we were. Opposed on, I think. You know? Yeah, I mean, 
I didn't like really didn't like In Your House Four. You didn't like In Your House Five, but uh, I was similar to you in In Your House Five because I thought the May event we both thought the May event was really good. But yeah, I actually think the best In Your House so far is In Your House Three. Uh, potentially, yeah. potentially In Your House Three because. Uh, the main event is good with Sean and he's on the tag match and then you've got Brett V. Jean-Pierre Lafitte and even though the whole storyline yeah. of the show is the fact that they basically like false advertise that Owen's going to be in the match and then he isn't and then he is even on that aside it's somehow still the best one for me yeah I'm really looking forward to it. I know we've got In Your House 6 to review but I'm looking forward to when we get to the one after that uh, Good Friends Better Enemies yeah that's a particular favourite of mine that one hmm also, but between those two, we've got uh, from the vault where we're going to be talking about WrestleMania 12 and the oh, Iron Man yeah. match and everything. Uh, also, if you're following us on those uh, social media platforms I mentioned, and you have any particular like shows that we can cover from, uh, like hear us talk about from our from the vault series that we're starting, uh, please let us know. We've already done SummerSlam 1992, we have WrestleMania 12. I mean, Ross, uh, I mean, Paul's got a lot of. VHS is you know wait a lot of yes, stuff I from that, a lot of stuff from late eighties early nineties that is really worth covering. We've even I I have all I have almost all of the major pay per views of the nineties. I mean some of them we've already covered like we've already done like things like SummerSlam ninety three and four and uh, other pay per views of that year. We've even done the occasional bit of WCW, which we may occasionally do at yes. some point during this from the Vault series. But all that is to to come. We hope you'll stay tuned with that and. Uh, Paul, as as always, it's always good to to ramble with you. It is indeed. It's great to ramble with you, Scott. I think today was a very very good show. It was. I'd um, like to say thank you. I'd like to say thank you to the people that have listened to us for a while, and to anyone new, welcome to the party. <laughs> you know? Indeed, indeed, and because uh, you know we've been making the best of the way we've had to record recently. They, but you know, circumstances are what they are, but. Hope everyone sticks with us and we hope you all go forward. Have a good day and as Fraser King would say, good mental health. Hey baby, I hear the blues are calling, toss salads and scrambled eggs. Oh my. And maybe I seem a bit confused. Yeah, maybe, but I got you pegged. <laughs> but I don't know what to do with those toss salads and scrambled eggs. Calling again. Scrambled eggs all over my face. What is a boy to do? Frazier has left the building.